Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And as is always the case after a win, a few more people jump on the pod. Only you and I, Matthew, do the hard slog when we've been flogged. But as soon as we get the points, here comes the rest of the family. Who's here today? Um, sorry, what? Um, before we even say hello, you talk so much shit, it's not even funny because I just missed the last one because you recorded when I was at work or something. Um, anyway, so... So I'm lack here, of commitment. Laura. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm committed to um, earning the dollars for my business. Mm-hmm. Do you want to plug your business while we're here? Sure. Um, revive Physiotherapy and Pilates in Altona North. Um, hit us up if you need physio. Revive Physiotherapy. Have you been hanging around the Essendon Football Club? Because that's what we've done in the last three weeks. Revive the season. 100%. 100%. We have just um, been the trigger. They've heard our name and they're ready to go. Are we... Uh, were we ever dead? You say it's revived, but was it ever was it ever done for? Oh, I thought it was after Port Adelaide. I thought we were finished. Two, three big injuries smashed over there. I thought we'd better just put the queue in the rack and start tanking. Yeah, well, I mean, um, it's unlike you to jump the gun. So uh, if it was up to you, we'd already have, we'd probably have Wusher back or something and truck sacked. Maybe we'd be going after Bucks. We'd be going after Bucks. Trucks would be in the garage already. (laughs) Trucks would be on the. the what's it called? The scrap heap, waiting for waiting to be sold off for parts. If it was um, according to you, <laughs> that's Disassembled right. and sold for parts. No, I think if you go back and listen to the previous episodes, I've been pretty well balanced. I've been pretty measured, pretty calm. Oh, I've always yeah. believed. Yeah, sure. So uh, I don't know about you, mate. As as always, well, <laughs> as it is being a Melbourneian, a Victorian, we're uh, we're back in lockdown and um. Luckily, the Bombers brought us some joy over the weekend, but I just want to have a chat about how you guys become immersed in the game when you can't be at the game. So like some of the listeners called in and, and they were saying that they they like to put up QR codes around their house and scan every time they move from the couch to the, you know, to the bathroom, back to the couch. Uh, one One listener said that they like to put the air conditioner on so they feel like they're outside in the outer, nice and cold. But when it comes to immersion, I don't think anyone does it better than the Don Father himself. Because <laughs> if the you check out Don the actual Don Father, Inst- not the pod, the actual, the actual Don, Don, Father. Don Father. So your father. Apparently, apparently on Saturday night, he was sitting on the couch, and not only was he sitting there watching the game, but he had the Essendon West Coast footy record. And he had a pen, and he was marking down the goals just like he would if he was at the game. Can confirm. Well, talk about uh, commitment to the cause. There, uh, they'll be worth something one day. Just, just let him, let him do his thing. But you'll thank him. You'll thank him soon enough. Do you well, know what I love the most about this though is that he actually doesn't record the opposition goals. And he doesn't points. care. Only, he does not give two shits about the opposition. He will only record. Essendon. <laughs> well, imagine like, you know, one day, um, you know, the inheritance comes and uh, hopefully it's in the distant future. Um, 
you know, they're, I don't know what, I don't know how they give it to you, but maybe just some officials just leading out to you, like, you know, you have this part of this property and this much money left over and uh, this jewelry is left for you and 400 AFL footy records <laughs> dating back from 2005. <laughs> All, all, all historically accurate with the marking, <laughs> right? But it gets better, right? This this is the best thing about the Don Father, right? So when you mark a goal in the footy record, right, you you put a, a dash for for a goal and a dash for a point, and then you put two. And when when someone's kicked four, right, what what do you reckon you would do when you get the fifth one? How do you reckon you mark that? Line through, line through. So you know five, right? Not the Don Father. <laughs> He just keeps marking. He just dash, dash, dash. No crosses through. He hates it. So he's even got his own system. It's all part of the suspense because when you go back and look at it, then you can't just know, oh, wow, like this is how many. You've got to count them and it's like part of the build-up. It just keeps the dream and the excitement alive for another, another time. Do you know one time we were, we were arguing about some game and how many goals Matthew Lloyd kicked, and I kid you not, instead of going to the AFL website and looking it up or whatever, he goes, just wait a minute, goes into the storage room out the back, finds the footy record, brings it out and says, look, infallible, kicked seven goals. <laughs> and that, I mean, there's no question his, his recording was 100% accurate. <laughs> no question. Yeah. None at all, none at all. <laughs> Yeah. But is there a greater honour at the football than when he, he, you know, everyone thinks they poop goals, right? And he says, oh, we need a goal. I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> is there no greater honour than him bestowing the footy record and the pen upon you in his time of absence? No, you're not wrong. You, you do not. That is one thing you do not want to get right. If, if you weren't engaged in the game, you, you all of a sudden were because you didn't but- want to miss one. Maddie, you're often his person of choice. Like he seems to have the most trust in you out of all of us. Reliability, Laura. If you can get the job done, people will but come to you. Do you know what I love though? Last week when we were at the Kangaroos game, um, you even took it so Which seriously. Game? The Kanga 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 Roo Roo Roos game. <laughs> that one. Um, you actually even went through Maddie and did a double check and did find some mistakes there. So you, it would seem that you take it just as seriously as the Don father himself. No, no, because he, he put one to, uh, I can't remember. I think he gave Harry Jones an extra one and forgot to put down Nick Hine. So I just put, uh, next to Nick Hine. So no, it was all right. Uh, two eyes better than one or two pairs of eyes better than one. Well, well, two um, two are better than one. Do you know what my favourite thing is? If he misses someone who kicks a goal, you know how down the bottom they've got that rushed? He doesn't then look back and try and work out, go on the app and work out he did it. He just puts it, rushed goal. (laughs) Miscellaneous goal. goal. Own goal. goal. (laughs) Because if he's going through doing that, he's going to miss the next one. Like, and it's just going to start off this whole cascade. So I see his logic. No, I I certainly like it. Do you guys do anything to immerse yourself in the game? Uh, I'd probably go opposite of the, uh, of like you know, at the footy, you're around people. You know, it's an atmosphere, it's a crowd. I actually like to watch it in absolute solitude and close the door and I can make whatever noise, scream at the TV, slam whatever I want, uh, do a few voice memos into the group chat. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you do like to get on the messages though. Yeah, messages are great. Um Normally one word of just either 
fuck or <laughs> or um on my favorite one over the weekend i don't know if anyone uh was listening to the triple m call of the 2016 afl grand final but uh, when the package Craig scored his one only goal, uh, <laughs> Brian Taylor came over the top and said, That came out a few times. Yeah, it's a good call, isn't it? When, uh, I love I love listening to a BT coming back. It's, it excites me. <laughs> Actually, we haven't seen him in a while, have we? No, he hasn't been on our games because we're we're in the doldrums. We're in the well. Saturday night was a good one, but it was on a. Uh, it was as if on that wasn't KO. on free to air. I know. Who wants to watch the other game? Gold Coast Hawthorne. What a definitely show. not. Definitely not. So, no. do you know what Ko needs? To be honest, they need something called watch party because every time we try and get on the video chat and watch the game, someone's always ten, fifteen seconds or a minute and a half behind. Hmm. Mm. Agree. You might um, I, I would cease talking about the topic because you might have some intellectual property there that you're sharing on the internet that could potentially be used for a lot of uh, a lot of profiteering. So maybe this is your 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 way into the big bucks. Oh, could be. Could well, Disney Plus already do it. Like if you've got, um, you know, if you've got a friend with a Disney Plus subscription or whatever, you just click watch party, watch the Mighty Ducks, click Laura. There you really? go. Yeah. Then how come you've watched the Mighty Ducks without me? I haven't watched it without you. You have so. We were going to watch it together and you watched it without me and you've just like lagged yourself in. That was Ashley. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> talk about digging your own grave. You've just done it live on air. <laughs> digging uphill. <laughs> digging uphill. Yeah. Well, um, should we take a little bit of a break and then we come back and we'll have a chat about our game against the Eagles? So before the break, we were having a little chat about how we become immersed in the game when we can't be there. And, you know, if anyone's on the socials, hit us up. Tell us how you immerse yourself in the game. Maybe you eat cold pies. Maybe you put your beer in the microwave before you drink it. Many, many different ways that you can feel like you're out of the ga- at the game. But let's get into the meat and potatoes. The big win against the wet toast in Perth. I actually like to call them the West Coast Seagulls. The West Coast Seagulls. <laughs> Yeah, they're um, well. Now that you said it's a big win. I actually might start off with a dislike. Oh, oh, oh controversial. Maybe. And I actually, and look, as as much of a, as you know, twenty nine points down, young side over in Perth. We we had to get up uh, Tuesday night. You know, within twelve hours, they were on a plane. Massive sort of character display, but. I don't think this was West Coast at their very best. So as much of a good win it was, and and, and it hopefully is a turning point for us, I don't think we can get to, as, carry, uh, as carried away about the quality of opponent uh, that we maybe have, uh, given Yo was only on the ground for 60% of the game. Kelly went down with an injury very early. Nick Nat uh, is still unfit. Um, they oh, have and apparently sh- um, rubbish around the grounds, according to one M. Viserka. Well, he, I thought he was actually he finished between his disposals, but around the hit-outs, he absolutely dominated Phillips, and I'll get onto that a bit later. But um, 
and and they have Shuey and McGovern out. So I don't think this is a West Coast that are the West Coast as good as we think they are. Oh yeah, what about uh, Hurley, Shield, Caldwell, uh, Big Sammy D Rapes? Uh, what about two liter meter seven seater Peter? So there's five that we're missing. How many of them are all Australian? Uh, at the end of this year, <laughs> Shield, two meter Peter, <laughs> Sammy Drapes, yeah. Michael Hurley. No, nah, in all seriousness, Michael Hurley. Yeah, Michael. Michael I think Shield was all Australian once. Yep. Um, but I mean, I mean, they've had four or five of their all Australians uh, either on one leg or not playing at all. So, well, as much a big win it was. I don't think it was actually as big as we might make it out to be. But fair enough. But if we do. to be fair, like you can only play what you get on the day. No, absolutely, right? absolutely. And it was in it was in Perth again for the tenth time in fourteen meetings. Yeah. No. No. I, oh, look. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't, it, we'd even put it down as a dislike, but. Um, like I don't think we can genuinely say we can beat top four contenders, which the Eagles are. I think on, the, on their when they're fully fit, um, when you know we're playing not half a West Coast side, but uh, not their best. No, I, I disagree with that. I think I think given where our club is at, with the amount of games experience we had on the park, um, we absolutely smashed them. And I'll get into some evidence as to why I think it was a smashing and why I think they were lucky to be in the game at halftime. Um, I, I agree with... I, I see your point that they had quite a few players out. They lost Kelly early. But we have those games too. And no one gives us um, you know, a leg up. No one says, oh, too bad. Essendon had injuries and lost these players during the game. I, I reckon it's a real good win. A really great win for the footy club. Great for the group. Um, great for the belief. I think this is probably the best win that we... It's definitely the best win we've had this year and could be the best win that we've had for a number of years. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with the quality of the win. And I think I absolutely agree with all of that. All I'm saying is the quality of the West Coast that we faced, I don't think was the the top four calibre West Coast that the competition probably sees them as in, in terms of their injuries and stuff. But are they that team anymore? Because they lost a final at home last year to Collingwood who finished eighth. Um, and then the year before they beat us in a final that we finished eighth and we kind of just limped into the finals. They haven't, I mean, they won in 2018 or was it 2019? 2018. 2018. They won in 2018, but they've been really nowhere since then. They've been thereabouts in mm. the eight sort of fourth to eighth. So I, I don't, I don't know that this team ha- is top four quality anymore. Um, well, okay. Uh, well, and I also I see what you're saying, Maddie. Though, like they did have a lot of big injuries, um, but at the same time, like even last year, for example, Essendon would have gone over and played that depleted team and still got smashed. Um, you know, it's happened a lot of times. Oh, fair, yeah, I, I'm not questioning the quality of the win. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, I it get you. I see what you're win. saying. I definitely just... see what you're saying about their side. Like they were nowhere near full strength. Um, and so maybe it doesn't give us as much of an indication of where we're sitting in regards to the competition. Is is that what you're sort of getting at? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm just don't forget how uh, battered up and and not at their at their best they were. Is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, th- this highlights another thing I was going to talk about later on, but it, it's kind of a good point to bring it in now. Um, so West Coast were managing game time for Elliot Yo. 
They're consistently managing game time for Nick Nutnui, and I don't know if that's because he's not fit or because they're concerned about his knees. Um, they don't rotate players through different lines in the ground. They don't, You're a midfielder, yeah. you're a forward, or you're a defender. They don't have any players that run through. Um, but an interesting thing, because the Essendon philosophy this year has certainly changed, and they've mm. said, we're not bringing players back until they're ready to perform. They're not coming in because they're fit. They're coming in because... Or they're not coming in because they're not injured. They're coming in when they're fit and ready to perform at the level we expect. So if the shoe was on the other foot, given Essendon's culture and philosophy this year, then I don't think Elliot Yo gets a game. I'm not sure what the management with Nick Nat is about, but he certainly doesn't get a game. And then... When you get unlucky in a game, like a Tim Kelly goes down or someone or two players go down, as has happened to us in the past, you don't have to then carry the other players who are just returning. They've, they're already battle-hardened and ready to play through the game. So I think that highlights the strength of Essendon's philosophy of only bringing players in when they're ready to perform. And very stark contrast to West Coast, who clearly have a different philosophy, and don't get me wrong, they've won a premiership in, in 2018. So it's obviously worked for them to this point. Um, but an interesting highlight of that in, in Saturday night's game. Yeah, I actually think for Yo, that, that, is a, that is a total disrespect to your opposition. Say we're only going to come in, bring a, a, you know, this guy plays midfield um, and only play him for 60% of the game. For context, and, and, and to back up your point, if you look at time on ground percentage, I don't. Th- I think Merritt only spent uh, a slimmer over eighty percent of time on ground, whereas I think uh, Gaff got into the nineties, if I'm not mistaken, and mm. and Sheed was up there in the eighties as well. So it just, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I agree with that point that um, they're certainly struck by having those just high categories of uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> strict categories of players. And then not being able to to uh, sort of throw the throw the magnets around when when and if needed. So I agree. Yeah, and I agree. and I think I think yeah, it really highlights that philosophy that you know players come in and they're ready to play a hundred percent game time or whatever there is appropriate. Yeah, hundred percent of their appropriate. Yeah, hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's no one, no one being carried. There's no passengers in theory. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I, I, on top of that, I've actually got a whole bunch of, of likes. So. So I'll run through from the top. Just just hit us with one. All right. So for uh, well, likes is that we're we're showing, and I've got two questions to follow up this. It, it's great, you know, great to finally see we've got players who are genuine all Australian contention. Mm. Uh, Merritt, who I think if he continues on this trajectory for his career, could potentially put himself into into sort of legend status. Mm. I think he's that good. Um, Parish Tipper has to be in the question for small forwards. Well, he's the best small forward in the comp right now. Uh, I I totally agree. Yeah, probably. Oh, Papley's going okay too, but I think Tibber's got him. More goals. I'm, I'm not. I'm not biased. <laughs> um, but I'd love no, to know. We're not biased on this pod. Look, Stringer's probably missed a few too many games to be in contention. But mm. where does a fit Jake Stringer fit, and and a Kyle Hooker as well? I don't think I don't think Kyle Hooker really makes all Australian. Um, talk unless he starts kicking bags of goals that's not to say he's not one of the most important players in our team and he certainly is a great role player always works hard but I, I don't think he's at the level of of all australian this year yeah cool. um, 
that's not to say he doesn't have the talent or whatever, but I think I think his role is invaluable for us as a football club, but I don't think he's playing all Australian level. Yeah, I agree. Bit. Yeah. I agree. Um well fit I mean a fit Jake String is a bit of a it's not he's not gonna make it this year, he's missed too many games. Um but can Nick Hind come into this conversation as well? I think if they're not talking about Nick Hind as all Australian halfback, I think they're kidding themselves. Who who is playing halfback that is outperforming Nick Hind across the league? I have no idea. Uh, I'm, it's I'm, not Saad. It's definitely not Saad, so suck on that, Carlton. It's not Williams. <laughs> yeah, well, Williams will be playing on ball. Uh, I, I Whitfield? Doherty's Whit- been... Neck- Honestly, you haven't had enough of a... Uh, look at other teams uh, this year, but I, I, I've said, I've said it in weeks gone past. If his name wasn't Nick Hind, as in a guy who's just come from a VFL team and couldn't get a game at St Kilda because they're playing him as a forward, uh, I think based on his stats, he'd be held in a lot higher regard than what he was. I genuinely believe at the moment he's an upgrade on Adam Saad. Yep, one hundred percent agree. Definitely, it, it's definitely. I don't. I can't see anyone else. And you know we watch majority Essendon games. Um, you know, even at Melbourne, Hibbard is not outperforming Hindy. Um, I mean, Jake Lever and Stephen May definitely two key posts that are going to be all Australian. That that's for sure. But um, who else is playing halfback at Melbourne? Um, oh, I suppose Caleb Daniel probably might push him as well. Caleb, yeah, Caleb Daniel potentially, but um, I think he's definitely in the conversation. Right, he'd be very unlucky if. He finishes the year in the form that he's in, not to be in the conversation for all Australian. Very unlucky. Yeah, yeah. Well, another like, uh, I'll see uh, a clear one, but spirit, and I think that was mm. exemplified one uh, in the team song, and two in the Alec Waterman goal. Oh baby, thick that boy. Was... <laughs> that was yeah. my that avatar. Was gonna... That was going to be my like, actually, the team spirit. I agree with you 100%, Maddie. I love what I see. It was uh, – uh, uh, could you have been more happy for a guy in football than Alec Waterman when he kicked that goal? Nah. I was, yeah. And, do you know what my favourite was? His brother comes on, kicks a goal, everyone's talking about super sub, and then proceeds to give away two. Yeah, I love he did. it. Yeah, he was a bit <laughs> – I mean, yeah, went our way there, but um, they both both got some talent. I thought his brother was look. I, I I don't know how he was a sub. I thought he was up there for West Coast. Well, he got mm. dropped last week. Um, I don't know why. It's because of his he, haircut. Yeah, it's terrible. It's disgusting. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, apparently got dropped, but I don't know why. But yeah, agree, Maddie. Like the spirit, and even seeing them sing the song at the end. Um, I'm really loving what I'm seeing there. I think it's really been lacking for the last. I was going to say two or three, but probably more years than that. Um, just not getting around each other, not having that real spirit, that real gusto. And it's, it really looks like a changed team that we're seeing this year. Mm. Yeah. And it, look, that team song, it looked like this, that wasn't a, a team that they all just go to work together and they've all been signed to the same club and we all wear mm. the same jumper. That was a team that genuinely, you know, loved each other. Um, you know, mm. if you think back to like, like a... a a schoolboy side or a junior side that had been together from from day dot, or uh, mm. an amateur local club, and they all played in their juniors together or something like that. That was a, a side that was genuinely invested in not only their teammates but the club as a whole, and they were really happy to do that for for Essendon and, and Essendon people. So that was, it was they looked like they were having a really good time, didn't they? It did, it did, it did, it did, and it's fantastic. So as you said, we probably haven't seen it 
for a while. So I'm going to go with a like. Yep. And the like is me. Because <laughs> if you listen back to last week's oh episode, we had a chat about who's going to play on Jack Darling. And let me read out these stats for you. Jack Darling. Seven disposals. Isn't that just a beautiful name, though? Jack Darling. It's disgusting. <laughs> Three kicks, four handballs, four contested possessions, five uncontested possessions. How can you have nine total possessions, but only... Ah, he didn't dispose of it. He possessed it, but didn't... Anyway, three marks, one goal, zero behinds. Now... Jaden Laverty. Of the 15 green. disposals, 10 kicks, 5 handballs, 6 contested possessions, 8 uncontested possessions, 5 marks. He marks gave well. him an absolute bath. Yeah. I mean, Darling's still uh, washing the shampoo out of his, uh, <laughs> out of his hair. But um, no, I had him as a like as well, uh, Laverty. He is flying at the moment. Uh, Gosh, he and, copped a beating though, didn't he, on Saturday night? Oh, he, he cops it every week. He, he was doing to them what Mitch McGovern normally does to us. Mitch McGovern or Jeremy? Yeah, Jeremy McGovern, whichever one. <laughs> Which one plays at West Coast? Jeremy. Jeremy. All oh, right. I don't like yeah, Especially in that last quarter, the ball kept coming out and he just kept marking it and sending it back in. Yeah. No, it's... it's it's. I mean, we say it every week, don't we? But he has just gone from strength to strength and... Uh, Found himself back there. I really struggled to. How did we not see it earlier? Um, although with his athletic profile, you'd assume, yeah, that, that's a guy you want forward of the ball. But he's been fantastic. Um, yeah. And, and to be able to, you know, slow down a, a big boy in in Darling, but then also play the other way how he does. He, he's a weapon down there. Um, and it, especially his attack on things, like you said, he's. He, he came off the ground, cut lips, and he gets banged up every week and just, just throws his body wherever he has to um, and just bounces right back up or, or goes to events quietly and comes back on and, and just keeps doing his job. So uh, mm-hmm. he's a big tick in my book. And um, that's the other one we are missing. Francis, by the way, he didn't mm-hmm. play. But in his absence, he really went the shutdown on Darling really well and, and hurt him the other way. It kind of looked a little bit in the first quarter like the back line was going to be the undoing with, like, you know, Francis out and a – was there someone else missing? From the back line? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, Peter Wright went out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they looked like they struggled a little bit in that first quarter, but then, yeah, Laverty stood up and it seemed to all come together. Mm. Yeah, well, the only thing that kept West Coast in the, goal, in the game was their accuracy and probably mm. kept us out of it at the start. Because well, I mean, they were – Nine goals straight at half time, and we were four goals seven or something. So we'd still we'd outscored them. We, uh, sorry, mm. we'd out we'd had more scoring shots than them. Um, but when you put nine from nine, it makes it really tough to. And the thing is, those three goals that they got in a row that took them out to twenty nine points, um, they they were all lucky goals. Like they all had a lucky bounce or a lucky ricochet or something that that got it to them over the top which allowed them, and then their efficiency, of course, really hurt us. But watching that, it was frustrating because we'd been playing so well and they'd just got these three or four cheapies, right? Even even the one that Waterman got, you know, Stuart gets there and spoils it. 
and it just doesn't quite go out and it goes to Waterman. And then they get the tackle on him and he manages to get his foot to it. And and several of those goals were just lucky, a little lucky ricochet, lucky bounce, which then ended up in a score for them. Yeah, well, you know, I think if you're a good side, you find a way to overcome it when, when the you know, the ball is bouncing that way for your opponent. Um, and, and, and we did, so... Um, yeah, certainly back that. I also thought... Uh, I've got two other guys here I thought really stepped up. Uh, Mr. Langford, Kyle. Mm. Thought he was fantastic. Um, He's just, having just a great year, his... isn't he? Yeah, I think it's probably gone under the radar a little bit. Um, in terms of, yeah. I think he really took a lot of strides last year, but maybe this year in the in the brilliance of Parish and Merritt and uh, just the, the overall team going so much better. Um, perhaps we, we forget about where he's just sitting quite nicely. Was there more Kyle Langford passage of play than in, I think it was the third quarter, the ball comes to him in the open. Oh, that um, was the fourth quarter when he like totally just didn't take that mark. And drops a mark on 50 that he should have taken. (laughs) Yeah. And then it goes deep in about a minute later and he outmarks about four in a pack to kick a goal to keep us in the game. Yeah, I think it was on on three-quarter time or or about a minute to go. Yeah, is it? I don't think there's a more Kyle Langford's passage of play than that minute of football. But do you know what I think that says about Langford? And we've seen this for a long time. Is like he does make some really simple mistakes, but he just keeps showing up and just keeps trying and just keeps putting in effort, and he does eventually get rewarded. Like I think you can't be mad about those sort of mistakes because the good stuff really outshines that. I think it's fatigue. I think he he works, he runs up and the up and down the ground so hard. He works so hard that I think those little skill errors they just get him sometimes because he's tired. Yeah, yeah, and he's, look, we just keep getting better. Um, but to show the resilience to come back and, and take that sort of mark when you know you've sort of stuffed up, I mean, that shows a bit of character and and, and shows sure. that he does want to get it right. Yeah. Um, no, definitely, he, he never drops his head. He. He just keeps working hard. I really like him, and I, I think he deserves wearing the number four. And I think he should be in the team every week from now on. I just, I really like him. Oh, I agree. Okay. I, know, yeah, yeah. I think he will be. Um, there's one other guy I wanted to touch on, and I, I don't. Every time we lose, or uh, maybe we win a close one, or probably mostly when we lose, this guy he comes under heat. You check the SNFC. and FC. Are you going to uh, steal my like? Maybe. I hope not. Well, maybe. I feel I will. like you're going to steal my like, but anyway, continue. But he comes under the pump every week, strip him of his uh, highly acclaimed role, send him back, play the kids, get rid of him. He's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually don't know why, because in his, if you look at the AFL stats, he actually ranks in a, elite in quite a few categories. Um, but Mr. Dyson Heppel, I think he can take mm-hmm. a big bow. He mm. stood up. He was rock solid back there for us. He was he been very good for us down back, um, and probably gone under the radar again. Another one just because um, of the, the all the other brilliance up the field that we haven't seen in the past. Um, but I, I really like Dyson Heppel's game, and I think he sort of showed to everyone that I'm not done, and I am the right man to captain this club. Not that I ever thought it was ever a question. <laughs> um, 
I, for me, it was a question, but I agree with you. This was actually going to be my like. And um, Nick said on a pod a few weeks back that, you know, we just need to give him a bit of time. He's missed a lot of footy and he just needs to get his body and his mind back in the game. And I think I agree with you, Maddie. I, I feel like, well, you've been on this for a little while, but I think on the weekend we really saw that it was all starting to come back together for him and the fans are being reminded of why he is, the right man for the job. Mm, I think he had a. Re- I think this is probably his best game, if, if in the last two years since he's come back. I, I thought it was a really, really good performance. Really solid. Uh, the Dyson Heppel that we remember. I was really happy with his performance. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I, I think where he comes under. I think it was against Carlton, uh, and he's personified like he took a kick that he just had to hit uh, and missed it and missed it pretty. Pretty, mm. <laughs> it was pretty poor. Um, yeah, but he also had the guts to to take that sort of kick, and I think that's what served him so well. Is he's not really doubted his ability, and will just keep doing the things he knows that are going to get him back in, despite what uh, the surrounding circumstances might be in the talk around town. Um, and it pay, it's paying paying off for him now, and he, we're starting to see the uh, the Dyson of old. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's funny how you. You think he's coming into the twilight of his career and he's, he's almost finishing how he started, which was as a very solid halfback. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have a like, and it's the Perkinator, Archie ah. Perkins. I, I felt yes. like we got a game out of Archie Perkins this week. I felt like he was in and around the contest. And what I really like about Perkins, and I think I've seen enough to suggest that he's going to be a player... Um, he is, for someone who doesn't look that big, he is incredibly strong and he never messily disposes of the football. No, he doesn't. When he's wrapped up, he just takes his time and gets a handball out or a kick or I really like the way that Archie Perkins goes about his footy and the way that he's taking the game on now is he's getting more confident running past players um, I think we, I think we've got a real good midfielders for a very long time with Archie Perkins. I, I absolutely agree. Um, the the composure he shows with ball in hand, I think it's very easy for a, especially a midfielder to come in, be pretty um, almost rushed at that level. Um, mm. But he just looks like with so much time, doesn't seem. I, mean, I think we said it after his first game. Doesn't seem too phased. By where he's at, doesn't like just doesn't seem that he's phased at, a, at an AFL level now. Mm-hmm. Um, just says, I'm going to come in and do the same things I've always been doing. Uh, and you're right, he's very strong for for his size. He's only 80 kilos for an 188 centimeter player, so he's got another probably another eight or so kilos he could potentially add to his frame. Um, scary to think what he what he could become. Um, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he's going to be someone who I'm probably going to say a lot in the in the coming weeks that this was his best game because he's just going to keep building as he has been. Um, if he can start hitting the scoreboard regularly as well. This is, yeah, we've got, we, we, I agree. We've got a serious player there. Mm. What I love about him and also well, most of our first-year players is they really don't look and play like first-year players. I think they have a lot of um, composure and they have a really good sense of what's going on around them. So, yeah, I feel like even though they're all first-year players, especially like Nick Cox, Harry Jones and Perkins, they they 
fit in really well and they seem really composed even when they're under pressure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got a bit of presence about them, don't they? Mm, definitely. I, I mean, it goes to show the, uh, you know, they say football's played between the years and I think that's case in point that um, very easily guys like yeah, Cox and Jones and Perkins and there'd be others to add to that uh, list that you could very well tell yourself I'm a first-year player and I don't have to be, you know, I just need to come in, need to get myself up to the speed of the game. Whereas mm. they've sort of said, no, I'm going to come in, I'm going to have an immediate impact. And probably that does stem from the truck. You're coming in to perform for us and play a role, which I really like. I think that's how you bleed your young players. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I thought... Th- um, you go, sorry. I thought the coaching performance was really good um, because you've we've known for a long time that the way to beat West Coast is to not allow them their kick mark uncontested possession game and you could see from the first bounce the bombers were switched on and they were about making it messy and pressure 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 and um that's why even when we didn't have the lead in the second quarter it didn't seem like we were out of the game it just seemed like west coast had gotten a little bit lucky and i i messaged um a friend of mine who's a west coast supporter at half time and i said west coast are out of petrol here you're you're finished because they looked sluggish. They looked second to the ball. They um they didn't look good at all. And the Bombers' pressure was elite, and it was really creating turnovers and showing um in our movement forward and the way that we were playing. Yeah, well, I think um on Fox Footy they had their little pressure barometer, <laughs> which means nothing by the way. <laughs> Two hundred and ninety-seven pressure. Yeah, I think it goes I don't know what scale. that means. <laughs> well, I think the this the scale. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's out of three hundred. I think. Um, oh, maybe it's not even a scale. I, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> they, they scale it from average to elite, as in the, the amount of points. Um, and West Coast had a run of nine goals or whatever they had there. They were had, had their nine straight. And their, their pressure was only ranked around 140-something, which I think put them in average. Whereas ours was up around 297, which you don't usually – see you would normally see a team who'd just been smacked or is getting smacked to have their pressure rating down towards that sort of poor average side of the game mm-hmm. so um yeah you, you could be right that the ball just bounced away a few times and they were able to capitalize rather than us actually having our structures broken down and, and being tactically outplayed so mm. might be might be a good point there mm. and the other thing that i uh, that i really liked about the game was I didn't notice the umpires. <laughs> mm, true. And normally, normally in Perth, you notice them because it's woeful. Yeah, I dare say we got a couple go our way, but uh, I think I think Kennedy probably got one that uh... you got the in the back when Stuart was in his side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it... There was a couple that they missed. Like there was a, I can't remember who it was, but there was one that was like should have been a free kick to Essendon for like a, either an in the back or chopping the arms or something and went the other way. But there weren't really many poor decisions. No, yeah, they were, and they were consistent across the game, I felt. It's, it wasn't the certainly wasn't the normal game in Perth where they you're just confused. Mm. Yeah. I, the one call that I heard repeatedly was not 15, play on. Which I, yeah, I that's what was... happens when you don't kick it far enough. It's not a mark. Yeah, but how often do you hear that in the league right now? You, you just uh, a lot. You hear... No, I feel like even in like the, was it Essendon-Carlton game, it got a lot. 
Okay. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, it's an interesting, just given the size of Optus Stadium. You hear it when uh, when you play for Geelong, and you're in a tight game, and Sydney's in front, and Jeremy Cameron marks <laughs> it in the goal square. Oh, I didn't actually watch that game. It was. It was definitely. They called not fifteen. Play on, and uh, it was definitely fifteen. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right. And that, and and Cameron would have kicked the goal for them to win. Yeah, it's such an odd measurement as well. Fifteen, like not ten, not twenty. 15. Well, it used to be 10. When you were, you know, asking questions about games from the 80s, um, it used to be 10, but it was... Can you imagine it, it was 10 It would have been such meters, a slow game. Yeah you, yeah. you would just never, ever, ever... Like, every team would just kick Mark all the way. Yeah. Real soccer. And 20 is a bit too far. Fair enough. No, I don't know about 20. 20, you know, I think the players would just adapt, but 10... With the skill level that players have now, it's just ridiculous. So you would just never see anything but West Coast style football. Yeah, oh, no, I'm not saying that the rules are. I'm just saying is that you know, it's almost like like with social distancing, they say 1.5 meters. Like why not two? You know, just to have that full number. But um, like mm. 15 is in that middle of the road. But maybe it's just like a tenth of the size of the ground. I don't. I don't know. But uh, just to mess be. with you, Maddie. Yeah, I think soon they'll have umpires come out with the. The, the wheelie the, thing. That thing. The, the you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> um, well, maybe I'll roll some quick... We've been going a while, so I might roll some quick dislikes. Please. Uh, Dom Sheed, still got 43 disposals. So, again, a, 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 an opposition mid uh, having their way with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought in the ruck, we got beaten pretty convincingly. Yeah, um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Although around the ground, I thought Phillips was all right. I thought it was okay, and then I, I thought Phillips had a good game. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, um, and then Andy McGrath. Who just, in the I, chat called for him to be traded? Was that you, Maddie, or was that Kin? It's always no, no, Kin. No. It's always. Oh yeah, it was no, Kin. It was Kin. No, Shout out to he, Kin. He's a future captain of the club. Like he's not going anywhere, and we're definitely. Oh. Uh, uh. He's not having a great season, though. No, look, and to 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 have a season of he's still averaging over is it twenty five disposals, or he's had games where he's had thirty. So his problem hasn't been that. Like you know, we're asking him; he's good, if not excellent, at the moment. We're asking him to be above that. Or well, right? I think he's good the at problem... the moment. We're, we're asking him to be excellent. So yeah, I, I think the think problem with him. Season. His first season was such a breakout and he was so good. And I think that's the problem for supporters is that like they hold him to that standard when it's it's inevitable that it will happen, yeah, that he'll drop off a little bit. Um, it's just disposal efficiency. He's getting the ball. It's it's just whether that's decision-making, whether that's composure, his disposal efficiency is running about 50%, which is it needs to be up 60 or 70%. He's if just, he cleans yeah. that up. Then, under then pressure, start dominating. He's messy yeah. under pressure. I think. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to just. I, I I've said it time to time. I think he'll play his best footy when, not when he's getting thirty every week, but maybe when he's getting twenty twenty five. But he's incredibly more damaging, mm-hmm. uh, with with ball in hand, um, and, and able to take grass and and run and carry with the ball and, and hit targets than if he has to win it at the coal face and distribute. Um, well, and maybe, maybe Caldwell in the team makes a difference, right? Yeah, potentially. Maybe Caldwell in, and, yeah. and then McGrath plays a little bit more outside. Or, um, but I, I think he just needs to clean up his disposal a little bit, and then he'll be good to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I, I tend to agree. Yes, um, but I, I would, 
like to see him not only to be efficient with it, but also more damaging when he has ball mm-hmm. in hand. I, I think that's his next step. Yeah. Um, but hey, like I said, we he's been good. We're asking him to be excellent, being a number one pick, yep. and just knowing what he's capable of. So. Yeah, but um, it's going to come, isn't it? Sort of. He never really had a. He had a great first year, but a great first three or four years. Really, there. There's always going to be a year where you have a bit of the blues, mm. um, and maybe this is his year. Is what it is. Possibly, possibly. Um, I had a. I had another like. I actually thought Zaka had a really good game. Oh, like, he was my dislike. I thought he was poor. I, I like having Zaka in the team. I think it like brings a little something something. Andrew Phillips put him in hospital probably three times. Yeah, maybe that's what I remember, <laughs> is that he just didn't get the kick away quick enough or something like that. Well, I think it's... I mean, look, mistakes are going to happen in football, particularly at that level when we're looking to play so fast. But, you know, Zach, he'd call for a handball and he'd be... You know, there'd be three Eagles players around him. So do you put it on Phillips for handballing it to him or is it Zach's fault for calling for it and he's already in trouble? Uh, it's hard to say. For, 42% disposal efficiency. Yeah, okay. So okay, he well. he butchered the ball. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did he have? 20... I think he had 22. I do think he steadies us, though. I do think he does provide like, a bit of steadiness to the side. It brings some leadership, I think, and like some composure or I don't know, something. I just like what he brings when he's in the team. No, that's fair. With 13 players under 50 games um, and, you know, guys like Langford and Laverde who are just getting past 50 that... Even Phillips, um, they're old, but or older, um, but maybe don't have the runs on the board that they can foster those young guys or have just as much calming presence because they're still trying mm-hmm. to establish themselves. Whereas mm-hmm. Zach is probably, you know, he's on the the uh, twilight years of his career and, and has that settling effect because he, you know, doesn't have to establish himself as well or isn't mm-hmm. still trying to establish himself. He knows. What, what he's good at and what he can do and who he is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I do love his new hairdo as well. That's my other like. Nah, I reckon just shave it. Get rid of it. <laughs> just trying a little something different before he hits, you know, like the late 40s and it starts to fall out. Don't blame him really. <laughs> he's going to be like a Shane Warne, not, not in terms of like, you know, getting that much trouble, but just a guy who's just always Long-ness. trying to hang on to, to hang hang on to how young he is and, yeah, I get that vibe. I get that vibe. Yeah, yeah. and fair enough too. He's a very handsome, very handsome man. Definitely yeah. is. Definitely is. Would not say no if you knocked on my door. So let's door. go one one dislike each, and then we'll uh we'll take a break and jump into to next week. Mm-hmm. I've got a dislike. Oh, I already how- gave about three of them. Yeah, Maddie's given about ten. <laughs> um, how has Nick Cox not been nominated for the Rising Star? Like it's round eleven. And he's still not being nominated. I don't think this week was going to be. I don't think he was. He was good this week. Um, but if he's going to get it, it should have been in the weeks prior. No, that's what I mean. I'm not necessarily talking about this week, but I'm just saying, how has there been 11 rounds and he's been, he's been a, like a really good player for a first year player, um, and seems to have gone under the radar. Yeah, he definitely hasn't. He, he definitely deserves a nomination, but he just has. For whatever reason, like last week, I think he deserved it, and they gave it to Waitman instead. For whatever reason, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe just on the on the numbers, his impact on the game. Be like Archie Perkins, you, you don't see it as much on the numbers, but you watch mm. the game, you go, mm. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we just uh, over fantasy about the fact that he's 
200 centimeters and doing things that 200 centimeter players uh, shouldn't be well, able to do. I'm not sure. So is that is that how they measure it though? Like just purely on the numbers? Like surely these sele- no. these people are like watching the impact on games and stuff. Yeah, you would hope so. Unless hmm. it's you know Luke Darcy and Glenn Jakovic doing it. Yeah, I'm not mm. sure. Um, but I, no, I, I agree. I think he's definitely deserved, especially mm. in those those first few weeks uh, when he came mm. out. Absolutely. I have a dislike. Go ahead. And that is Mason Redman Didn't being cited for misconduct. Oh, with, what? With, uh, he got a fine for the incident with... Um, Flying Ryan. Yeah. With, After uh, he copped an elbow to the jaw. Ryan. Yeah, after he got uh, he got elbowed in the jaw under, and no, that oh, was that one, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, so that guy wasn't cited. Oscar Allen wasn't cited, right? But Mason Redmond got cited. But for being Mason Redmond was going for the ball, and yeah, what's I think been... it's for the afters. Liam... He, got pu- he pushed him afterwards. I deserved it. So, like, the, Michael Christian, like, as much as I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Michael Christian just has it in for Essendon. He just hates the Bombers and we just cop it. We cop the raw end of the stick for, like, Heaney not cited for punching Zerk Thatcher. Zerk Thatcher cleared of any wrongdoing. Are you guys kidding? How was he cleared Oscar of Allen. wrongdoing? Exactly, because his head got in the way of Heaney's fist. Oh, okay. How, how dare he? Like, um, Zaka getting two weeks for tapping Silvani, you know? Oscar Allen not getting nominated, not getting cited for elbowing Laverde in the face. Mm. Come on. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's just beyond a joke. Yeah, I think even last year there was a few. I think she got a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and like that's similar to the um, Zach Merritt incident from a few rounds back where he got like one week for that off the ball. One bowl. week. Yeah. Oh, that free yeah. mental guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, look... I think uh, from what I sound, uh, from what I could make out, I reckon there was a fair bit of uh, off the ball uh, yarning between uh, Ryan and, and Redmond. I think they were going at it off the ball. A um, bit of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Garbage, trash talk. That's it, trash talk. Um, and then didn't uh, Ryan stick the finger up at, at someone after a goal? At, or wasn't it so? at the he umpire? Did, didn't wasn't that at the umpire? Don't know. Don't know who it was. Yeah, because he did like I, I, go have a go at the umpire. He spoke back to the umpire, and then yeah, he stuck his finger up at someone. Yeah, I reckon there was just two competitors just going at it, and he wanted to let him know he stopped him. Fair enough, I reckon. Play on. Yeah, the game. The right. game. Although I get you want to rub it out, but come on, let the, let the boys. The game was done. Yeah. So um, so that was a great win against the West against the Wet Toast. The West Coast Seagulls, the uh, birds of prey. No. They were our prey. Anyway, they got stuck in the jet engines. That's what happened. Um, (laughs) Seagulls. Seagulls. So uh, let's take a little bit of a break. And um, when we come back, we'll have a look forward to Dreamtime at the G. So, dream time at the G. Dream well, actually, time. dream time 
Dream time at Optus Stadium, you mean? It is, it is. Once again, moved away from our uh, our home ground. But mm-hmm. that's good news for us because the only way to beat Richmond is to put them on a plane. Well, that's not so true mm. this year. But um, good news for us. But do you guys find it interesting that Sir Doug Nichols' round was this w- this week, yet dream time is next week? Yeah, I'm very confused by that. I don't understand. Yeah, I was equally uh, confused. And so um, everyone else wore their, their Indigenous... Um, jumpers, except for the bombers and the and the tigers, yeah. And the tigers, mm. so weird. Oh, okay, oh, maybe it's to make it a bit more of a, a spectacle, more build up to the game. No, well, that so um, little known fact: Sir Doug Nichols <gasps> grew up on the same street as the Don Father. Yeah, and they and, and they used to play kick to get kick together. Yeah, from they used all to reports. Kick footy together. That's interesting. Oh, well, he's a Fitzroy. Uh, was he from Fitzroy? Uh, well, he was in Thornbury initially. Yeah, well, he's around that area, so he would have been in the in the um, the catchment for Fitzroy, I assume. Um, so, um, so yeah, apparently, well, the Don Father taught him everything he knows about footy. <laughs> of course, he did. Course he, <laughs> is this the same Don Father that wanted Dustin Fletcher at full forward? Uh could be. Could be. <laughs> did he want that? Um, one of his friends, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, it's his cousin actually. Oh, that was his okay. cousin. Yeah. yeah uh, Dustin Fletcher at full forward. But anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about uh, the upcoming game against the Tigers. What do you guys reckon? Well, given that it's in Perth, I feel like anything could happen. Like we're already there acclimatizing, having a good old time. Um, They interviewed Stringer after the game and he was talking about how the boys are like really building a good team culture, having a great time playing Mario Kart and stuff. So I don't know. I feel like staying over in Perth could really work in our favour. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I think um, it actually suits us. I th- I, from what I understand, we have a bit of a fan base there. Um, and I actually think it'd actually be great to have it in, in Perth. Um, WA have a strong connection to um, Indigenous Australia. Um, so I, I think we'll actually get a big crowd just from the the, the uh, meaning of the game for a lot of people, which is which is great. Um, mm. and, and hopefully, I think given it's good oh, as well, sorry. a lot of no, you go, you finish, go. Oh, yeah, I was just going to add. Um, I think I, I tend to agree, being over there already definitely suits us. Um, Richmond, we know from last year, didn't particularly take to the hub uh, early on too quickly. That's because they well. were all breaching quarantine and sleeping around <laughs> with like bloody staff members. So they're a bit distracted, Maddie. Oh, keep, yeah, right. Um, well, I actually think, I, well, where I think it serves us better is we, we don't have a, a lot of guys who are fathers. So it's very yeah. easy to pack up and, and go. And it, mm. like, like um, Stringer said, it's a bit like school camp, you know. It's, mm. <laughs> we go, we're going across the, you know. Um, whereas when you've got a family and kids at home and stuff like that, I, I can understand, it makes it a lot tougher. It's like school camp, but you're in a five-star hotel <laughs> and everything's done for you. <laughs> you just got to go out and play footy. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but it does also, sound fun, though. A lot of our players, um, or not a lot, but quite a few of our players are also from Perth, like with Waterman, Guelphie, Hooker. Um, there's a few others. So you might find like that family factor and having been away for such a long time might be a good recharge for them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you never Snelling. know. Is he is W no Snelling's uh, South Australian. Oh sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Um oh, no no Italians in that, that list, so would have been good. You know, they could go around and, and 
family dinners and everyone's. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Hooker's no, yeah. got his Hooker wines. True, true. Yeah, I want to stay off those. Yeah, maybe wait till after. Into the buy. They can have Some as many nice wood-fired pizzas at Hooker Wines at the winery. I don't know if that's what they do, but after they a don't, win. they should. On, maybe exactly. on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it's a real chance. I don't think Richmond uh, – well, they're not flying at the moment. Um, and um, the big the big pretender, Lynch is out still. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, that's it's sort of back Richmond getting to their roots of 2017 in terms of only playing the one true key forward in, in Rewa. Except they played two with Callum Coleman-Jones. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, rest it. Yeah, no, you're right there. My bad. <laughs> Should have known that. Uh, I was even watching it. Um, Do your research, mate. Do your Googles. Yeah, no, no, you're right there. Um, but it, it, look, either way, another, another, I'm going to say it, another yardstick game. Yeah. It would not be an episode of the Don Father without the use of the word yardstick. From well, the Maddie. thing is, the thing is, in reality, to at this before last week's game, I would have thought that for us to say that we're on track, we had to win one of these two. We had to beat Wet Toast in Perth or Richmond in the Dreamtime game. Well, we achieved um, the goal. So we've already, we, in my mind, we've already beaten West Coast in Perth. So I'm, regardless of the result, I think we're on track. I think we are due a Dreamtime win. We haven't beaten Richmond in so long. In fact, you guys feel the air. I'm gonna see the last time when the last time we beat Richmond was. I reckon yeah. it was like 2012 or 2013. Yeah, maybe 15 or something. Um, I reckon it was 2012. I was going to say, I've absolutely lost my point. Uh, lost his train of thought. Not oh beating Richmond? Dream time? No, oh, sorry. Well, uh, yardstick game. I, I oh, think yes. If, if we hadn't have been West Coast, I don't think it is. Um, but now, given we've been West Coast, and going back to my previous point of it being an unfit West Coast and not West Coast at their 100% or a fair way off it, I'd say, given their outs. I think this is where we can come in and, and really test ourselves against a side. Well, it's hard to say they're in the top four at the moment. But Are they? No, no, in terms of they're going to be that sort of level of side oh, by the okay, end of the yeah, year. Yeah. It's hard to say that now given where they're at. But uh, that's I think that's where it becomes a yardstick for us. Uh, but maybe mm. if, if things didn't go away against West Coast, probably not so much. But now I think there's a real yeah. chance to say, are we, are we a genuine finals contender or do we have the quality to do it um or was it sort of a one-off just got a, a team at the right at the right got point in west coast yeah so mm. round 11 2014 oh close give us some seven years give us some year. key stats on that uh i don't know if i can bring up the stats i can bring up this so 15 14 104 to 7 12 uh let's see let's see what this does okay Ah, so Zaharakis led the disposals with 31, Ben Howlett 25, Brent Stanton 27, Dustin Fletcher 25, Joe Watson 36. The glory days. Watson led the disposals. Watson 36, Um, yeah. Who kicked their most goals? Goals. Let's have a look. Whitey. No, he'd retired by then. Ben Howlett kicked five. Wow. Danaher kicked three. Eh. Standard. Wowee. Ben Howlett. Boy, oh uh, boy, wowee. Kick three and Dustin Martin kicked two. That was 
the last time we beat Richmond. Well, I mean, doesn't Ben Howlett live in Perth, so you can bring him back on the list? Yeah, just chuck him on. The draft's on Wednesday. Hmm. Bring him in. Jack Melksham. Paul Chapman was still playing for us. Hibbard. Oh, Chappie. Melksham. Windelick. Jeez. Oh, those were the days. Jesus. They we... were my favourite Essendon football coach. Oman Thompson, days. the coach. Uh, not, was it 2014? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have been Bomber, yeah. Yeah, we're naughty we're things we're happening. <laughs> no comment. So that was that was the last time we beat Richmond. Yeah. So we're definitely due. Um, how do we win this game? We kick the most goals. Thank you, <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. Yeah, it's going to be... We know Richmond love to play transition and, and get it forward. So, um, And we saw West Coast, we probably got opened up a few times where we did a lot of work to get it forward and they just got us on the other ways. And Richmond are very good at that. Um, so, I, I mean, definitely converting our chances. I think we we, given, we gave ourselves plenty on the weekend. Um, I think against a side like Richmond, who are, who are pretty hungry for a win, I'd say. They'd be wanting to get this one, to get their season back on track. Got to convert. Um, I think around the ball, we have to put... We cannot allow Martin to get off off, off the leash. Teams have shown, you want to stop Richmond, you've, you have to stop Martin. Mm-hmm. Who's, uh, whose job is that, do we think? Laverty. Well, <laughs> it, if he's around the footy... Uh, I'm... I think uh, this is what happens. Stringer goes to Martin at the bounces, mm-hmm. at the stoppages, and then Laverty goes to him forward. Okay. That's because. Do you want me to put in a call Martin, into truck? Let him know that. I'm on. I'm on. I've got a direct communication to truck. Um, because what happens is you you have Stringer around the ball to try and beat him strength around the ball, um, and then Stringer pushes forward just like Dustin Martin, and then Laverty takes him when he goes into the forward line because he's the the only one who is close athletically. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um... I think if Francis is fit, he goes to Rewalt. Um, yeah. Otherwise, Zerk goes there. And then Did we know what um, Francis's put... injury was? Illness. Uh, it was illness. Oh, illness, sorry. Uh, oh, actually, no, mm. probably probably Stuart goes to Rewalt. Um, and then Francis or Zerk goes to Coleman Jones if he's in. Okay. Okay. I yeah. don't know how I feel about Stuart on Rewalt. Um, I think he's got him for size and, and he's got him athletically. The good match. Yeah, he pretty much had. Uh, I'd go uh, Laverty. Kennedy only kicked three on him, and one of those was a very very soft free kick. Yeah, and there were two. two I mean, one was a really good set shot, which you you give up to most players. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, I mean, this guy's Coleman Jones is two meters, so that puts Francis at a sort of a height. When he put oh, so then, you, Peter on then you probably put Francis to Rewalt and uh, and Stewart on him. Yeah, Coleman Jones. I think that, that might be the way to go. You do not put two meter Peter on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting. Does how does Peter get back in the side now? Well, he's got to be fit, right? Yeah. Who um, replaced him, Waterman? Probably... Nah, Waterman stays in for sure. No, but I'm asking who replaced him. Was it Waterman that replaced him? No, it was Harry Jones. Harry Jones got yeah. got rested. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think Harry Jones has a rest. Because he didn't, he, I mean, he, he was thereabouts, but I think he needs a rest. Yeah. He's not going to okay, come back enough. from a one-week calf injury, though. No, I don't think so, unless it was um Just was like cramping just or tightness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he, we've got the bye next week. 
Yes. But you'd so be probably to play him. They'll probably leave him out. If he plays this week, he gets two weeks break. Sorry, if he doesn't play. Which will be week, three. He would get, well, two, he'd have two games break, is what I'm saying. Yes, and, and three weeks total. So yeah. I think they, unless it's a, you know, it was a minor one, I think they're silly to play him. Yeah, fair enough. And we did miss Peter Well, even Wright, if it was a minor Hill. one. Yeah. I was going to say, even if it was a minor one, you would be silly to play him because there's every chance that that's going to then blow out, given that there's a buy the following week. Mm. Now, they, they, they play. Manager. Cool. They play Chol, don't they, as a second ruck? I believe so, yeah. Well, I think that's what so, they remember from the weekend, if I'm not wrong. Another yeah, guy so, with great hair. Do we think yeah, about bringing in Nick Bryan, maybe, to help, uh, or Draper to help Phillips? Because Draper's fit, ready to go. I think if Draper comes in, he's a direct swap for Phillips, to be honest. You don't think you'd run two? No, nah, no. If, if Peter Wright's got to come back in, I, I think he just plays second ruck and, and goes head to head with Chol. No, no, if Peter Wright comes in, definitely. No, but I think if, if Wright doesn't come back in, do Does you Draper think we... play forward as well? Is he like a ruck forward? He can uh, play I think, if he needs to. I think Phillips is better in the forward line but um, than Draper, but you can share the load, right? You can have the three talls and, and them swapping in the ruck. That means you've, you're have you not playing Langford in the ruck or et cetera. Mm, hmm. Matt, yeah, it's t- I, I think if Draper comes in and Wright doesn't, I'd, yeah, but you then know, Ambrose I think it's a, has been in good form too. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's I think it's smart to bring in Draper mm-hmm. to have two Ruckman, and then Draper gets a week plays the game, gets a week off. Mm. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the re- the return from the Sindisman. Anyway, that's you know we we have not played two Ruck two Ruckman at all this year, um, so I I'd, I'd be surprised to see that we do play two Ruck unless one of them is going to be playing the the Peter Wright. 80% forward, 20% ruck. Run. I think that's the right mix for us is to have a forward who pinch hits. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough to say, really. And you, you just don't know where Draper's at. I definitely don't want Draper in and come... I mean, I don't think Truck's going to do this. Um, but have him play 70% game time. He has to come No, in. he won't come in unless he's ready to perform, right? That's that's what we were saying earlier this episode. Yeah, but even then, missing so much footy, it's hard to... Um, you know, he doesn't have a VFL to come back through. So, at the moment. Um, mm. Yeah, but I, I I think getting the Martin matchup right is absolutely key. That's a fundamental. You can stop yep. Martin, you stop Richmond. I think I think where we'll win this game or where we'll lose this game is pressure around the ball. Yeah, and whether we can lock it in our forward line. If 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 we've got a pressure rating above two hundred, I think we're a chance. But we can't afford to let them dictate the terms like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think for the first time in a, in a while, we've got a genuine. Midfield that can go head to head with theirs, probably mm-hmm. Bar Martin. Like we, he's probably the one we have to really worry about. Whereas I think Cochin, Prestia, um, I can't think of the top of my head who else they they got rolling through. There's Bolton back in. Uh, uh, maybe weeks. can't remember if he came back in this. So they had a whole bunch, but I'm I'm very content having Merritt, Parish, uh, Langford if he plays how he does, and and McGrath go head to head with theirs. Bar Martin. Yep. Yeah, um, I agree. So, yeah, no, I, and I think that that's really it. Control the control the stoppage, or at least get head to head with them, not let Martin off the chain. Um, and then yeah, just just really try and look to slow their transition game. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the uh, that's the blueprint. 
And then obviously, as as is always the case, efficiency going forward, right? Like we don't want to be bombing it into their big dickheads, whatever their names are. Grimes, <laughs> Grimes. Vloston, Bolter. We don't want to be doing that. No, absolutely not. Um, but I, I think you know, that's a given. It's like saying don't kick more goals than your opponent. Um, yeah. You always want to go inside 50 pretty efficiently. Mm. But uh, mm. yeah, no, I think, I think that's the main. I think the overarching theme is stop Martin. That's been... Brisbane did it. Melbourne did it. Did the Bulldogs do it? Can't remember. Um, but, uh, I think that's the key statistic is if you don't let Martin off the chain, Richmond don't tend to win. Mm. No, I agree. And we've struggled to stop him over the last couple of years, but now we have Laverty. Yeah, well, we've struggled to stop opposition midfielders in general. Um, yeah. You go back through every one of our games and you know there, there's been at least one mid of the other team get off the chain. Um, Sheed with 43 on the weekend is case in point. But it doesn't really hurt us. <clears throat> Sheed's 43. No, I was. I, you're right. I was surprised to see that. Um, having said that, maybe because I'm, you know, one one item supporting uh, Essendon, I, I don't take notice of of Dom Sheed. But he he he, he was definitely their best. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, like I say, I think I think we're due, and I think we we could win this game. Uh, we we have to play at our absolute best, but it's not like in previous years where you're hoping for a win, but really you're no chance. I think we're we're in with a red hot chance if we play the way we've been playing the last two two weeks. Our game against Freo was poor, but we got the result. But the last two weeks, our pressure's been high, our delivery's been good, our performance has been really top notch. Yep, tend to mm. agree. Um... Yeah, just just hopefully now the with now that we could potentially have something riding on it uh, in terms of a final spot, mm. uh, hopefully it doesn't uh, become cause of, of any sort of change in, in system and process. I I backtrack to not allow that to happen. I think he's a wise enough man to know you've got to ensure that things don't change. But uh, certainly something to consider. Mm. But no, I think you're right. And if you're going to beat Richmond, get him away from the G. Mm, that's right. Mm. That's right. So we've got. We don't really have anyone to come in, um, apart from Draper. We won't get anyone else back. Um, in terms of back from injury, that's fine. It'll just be matchup dependent. And, Draper's and the France. only one who's. And France. Yeah, sorry, Francis, if he's Francis, right. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And two meter. Uh, I, yeah. Doubt it. Yeah, I'd expect him to not play two meter, but we're not getting a Caldwell back. We're not getting um, Shield. We're not getting Hurley back. We're not getting Shield back. Um, not getting Devin Smith back. So we'll we'll see. Um, you know, they might bring Ambrose in. They might bring Draper in, but I I think the twenty two we had is probably going to be the twenty two. We'll see. Yep, tend to agree. Tend to agree. Mm. Uh, and then bye. So the buy reset. So yeah, it should be should be good fun. So we'll uh we'll be back similar time next week, hopefully celebrating a, a win. Mate, if we beat Richmond, I will be missing. The lid will be off. Didn't you say that about West Coast? You said you were gonna go missing for three weeks if we beat West Coast? No, but- if we beat West Coast and Richmond. Oh radio. Right. Um I just um it's it's kind of um much more exciting being a bomber supporter just now than we thought it was going to be 
11 or 12 weeks ago starting the season. Um, so it's kind of nice to be able to go into games not being like, oh, we're going to get smashed again and to actually think, oh, we've got a chance. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think regardless this season, all we wanted to see was was progress and sort of a renaissance and I think we're definitely seeing that. So regardless of result, it's exciting so long as we put forth a, a contest. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Mid-season draft on Wednesday night, we might have someone come in the team that's not even on the list. Who are we going to get? Potentially. Don't know, don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll chat about it next week, but I don't even know who we're looking at and who's available. I actually wonder if there'll be a tactical, like a non-Victorian selection just because of a... So we can bring him straight in. Yeah, you might not be able to get him for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. Wait and see. Mm. Awesome team. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be back similar time next week. That's good. Thanks for joining me. Anytime. No, thanks for having us. Actually, thank you for joining us, actually. Maddie, come oh, on. Well, my, know, know your worth, Maddie. My, my pleasure. Uh, until until then, follow us on Instapods, uh, Facegrams, all the stuff. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts follow us on Spotify. Find us on Instagram yep. at the Donfather Pod. All of that. All of those things. Get your immersion up. Tell us how you get your immersion when you're watching from home in lockdown. And, it, and if you're if you are three meter Peter, please reveal yourself. <laughs> well, hang on, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. Tell us who you are. Don't reveal yourself. We get in trouble for that. <laughs> oh right. Yes. We're so curious to know. Um, but yeah, three meter Peter's Instagram page also now follows the John Father Pod instagram page so um we would love to know who three meter peter is you know maybe you want to be on a pod maybe maybe you're nick giannopoulos and you want to be on the don father that would be a get wouldn't it nick giannopoulos geez that where the media managers working behind the scenes to try and get nick giannopoulos on the pod if you are nick giannopoulos listening to the pod or you know of him get in touch with us we'd love to have a chat to him about the mighty bombers and um, also, him. let's get the Zach Merritt deal done. Sign him up. Yeah, yeah, that'll get done. Yeah. Anyway, we've been rambling on yeah. enough. Let's join us next time. Until then, let's go, Dons. Mm-hmm.